Ladles and jelly spoons. Ooh. Welcome to Truth, Love, and Peace. Hey. Uh, episode number 32, Bill Goodman. Hey, how's thank it going? Thank you so much for being here, man. Oh, thank you. This is, yeah. this is nice. I like this. Um, yeah, in, in the car. Hanging out here in, the, here in the hotel parking lot. Fuck yeah, shady just, as shit, just isn't it? Two dudes at a parking just in a hotel two dudes parking lot. in a car in a hotel parking lot. I mean, you know, I've pirates seen, of Wi-Fi. I've seen this video plenty of times. I know, <laughs> I don't know how this goes. <laughs> exactly how this is. So that uh, on that note, we should definitely fire up the Facebook live. <laughs> so there goes Facebook. Oh, it's counting. And uh, hello, YouTube, or whoever we're recording. You're out there. Hey, welcome. We'll uh, sit here and watch the zero on the counter, because <laughs> it's Friday night, and most people have better shit to do than watch this live. Uh, so we'll see you all on the replay. Thank you. Um, we'll be there. We'll be there. We're always there. Yeah. <laughs> we're always there. <laughs> so, shit. Usually it takes me way longer to press all the buttons than that. So apparently I'm getting better at this. You did so good at button pressing. Amazing. Like I've seen. Amazing. I've seen competitive like uh, esports people. <laughs> you outclassed them by a mile in button pressing. Man. We, we were talking about StarCraft. It's time for you to get back into the StarCraft scene. I need to. <laughs> I need to. I think you'd be a good coach too. I mean, I'd be. I'd be a coach. I envision a Rocky scene. Like, would you make me chase a chicken to get better at StarCraft? You would have to play StarCraft in a meat freezer. <laughs> <laughs> then instead of judging from what I've heard about esports, yeah, uh, athletes, I guess, uh, instead of you cracking like six eggs into a, into a glass and drinking them, uh, you just smash up six Adderall and. <laughs> It's a problem, from what I've heard. <laughs> I believe it. I've, I used to watch those guys playing the big StarCraft tournaments, and they're insane. Yeah, absolutely insane. I mean, they have to they have to do this 500 times in a second. So it's, it's ridiculous how many mouse clicks they can get off uh, per second. It's unbelievable. Absolutely unbelievable. Now you make me want to go play StarCraft. I don't think I have the right drugs to to play StarCraft tonight, though. <laughs> What, what's your idea? No, I don't have any Adderall. Oh, okay. Because some people, like, uh, I still have to play uh, uh, Dota Drunk. That was always fun. I'm not sure what that is. Uh, Dota is... Uh, have you played League of Legends? Or nope. have you seen League of Legends? All right, never mind. It's a game. <laughs> okay, I believe you. <laughs> I believe you. It's a game. So, backtrack a little bit. Explain for uh, for the people that aren't watching... Um, <laughs> that's uh, that's why I was gonna gonna share that on on Facebook while I'm thinking about it. Oh, we're hitting them with but the double. You had mentioned. Eh, it's not there. Fuck it. <laughs> um, and that distracted me so much. Getting back to. Where we where we began, we were talking about being on stage and doing comedy and uh, and losing time. And I was saying that I uh, am probably going to revisit some of my smoking habits because, um, for the same reasons that other people don't like smoking, some people don't like smoking on stage mm -hmm. and trying to perform. Which gets us to that's how I met you was through the comedy scene. Yeah. And so for all the people listening that uh, that don't know. Um, Catch everybody up. How long have you been doing comedy in Mobile? Uh, I think Alabama. I think all together, like two and a half, three years. I think that's it. Uh, uh, I thought you've been around. You're way better than, than I thought. Oh man, that's, that's, that's two or three years. So happy. I mean, uh, yeah, that, uh, yeah, it was about uh, two or three, two and a half to three years. Um, I took a break whenever my daughter was first born. I was doing like six months mm -hmm. then, I think. Uh, and yeah, now I'm, now I'm here and I'm trying my darndest. I'm out, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm I do there. what I can. I, I do what I can. I'll, like, I'll, I think the reason why, uh, people like, uh, Zeke and Carson mm -hmm. and, and, uh, I, I associate with them, at least why they have gotten really good, I, I've, I've tagged along is we'll just... Do any shitty show, any shitty mic, like anywhere, anywhere. Like there was a period of time where uh, we would go to like nine mics in a week, 
That's awesome. Because we would just crash like old biker bars, open mics, and be like, <laughs> you want to do some comedy? They would love us the first week. And then, like, the, the novelty ran out by the next week, and we were like, we can get three more out of this before they hate us. <laughs> Maybe. Three more. <laughs> three more. That's all we're shooting for. <laughs> Man. For those who uh, who care about the visual. Yeah, I do. They can see us now. And Russ, how long have you been doing comedy? I started in September. Uh, or I got up in September... October-ish, so this is, what, seven, eight months now? Jesus, okay. God, God damn. That's, <laughs> that's a uh, thanks. Yeah, that, that's, that's great. Like, that's what, it, that's the thing that I really like about uh, Pensacola mm-hmm. versus Mobile is, like, Pensacola churned, like, new people are constantly getting in, involved, mm-hmm. and that's that's great. Uh, Mobile, uh, there's something weird about Mobile where, like, outside of, like, one rogue old man, like... Sometimes there aren't a lot of new people, and it's a, it's a little bit frustrating. I, we had a great conversation the other night at the Merry Widow, uh, myself and Alfred and Carson and Governor and uh, I think Thomas was there, and I hope I'm not leaving anybody out. Um, but we had a great conversation uh, reminiscing about some of those stories and how to get some of that back. And so there, there are tons of us that are interested in figuring out what that takes and I think it has a lot to do with to put it simply marketing yeah but on a much more complex fashion <laughs> appealing to hearts and minds like how do you get people to want to have a different kind of experience well, in an evening out you know and I think live music has been the norm for a really long time oh, and yeah. so so getting people on the level of comedy, which is where culturally everything is headed, because we need more of, of an in-depth dialogue, and it's always been the case that uh, that comedy, I think, has been the flip side of the of the coin. But that's kind of where I think think the scene's going. But you've been around long enough to see some of those changes in Mobile. Yeah. So what what do we do to get that back? In in your opinion, what helps a comedy scene grow? What have you seen work? I mean. What I've seen work in other cities mm-hmm. and everything like that. Because, like, comedy is in a weird place because of, like, the bubble that Netflix has kind of created. Yeah, as far yeah, as, like, cranking just out. a constant stream of content. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I feel like if someone wants to just see stand-up comedy, to, to be honest, they could turn on Netflix and see someone way better than, yeah. like, me, for mm-hmm. example. But I think... There, what I've seen in other places is that there, people get really creative with the types of shows that they put on. Like it won't just be like a straight stand-up show. It'll be a show at someone's house, or it'll be people eat hot food and do their set and everything like that. I think that because, like you said, music has been a long staple in Mobile for a long time. It's, you know, several venues have gone in and out. Really, there've been like two comedy venues mm-hmm. um, that we've worked hard at doing things at and it goes in and out of flux and everything like that. But just doing like Facebook posts, mm-hmm. like that's, that's not how you market to people anymore. Right. I, th- I think it was like, you know, two, three years ago for a second. Yeah. Yeah. But it's, that's not where it is anymore. You have to, I feel like there has to be something to establish it outside of the norm, at least for, Mobile as 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 a market. What do you mean? What do you mean? Establish? You mean establish comedy as the thing to do outside of what has been the norm, like music? Yeah, like music or you know, uh, doing crank under the bridge. That's what a lot of people in mobile. I've do. heard. I've heard. Yeah, I've been looking for that guy's number. You have it. <laughs> it might be Jamie. <laughs> ah, shit. <laughs> um. Yeah, Mobile is a very w- w- weird town in the sense that like people get caught in, dr- in like dregs a lot yeah are you, are you familiar with the mulligan brothers at all do you know those guys it's a great so. local band in mobile and they uh they are really good songwriters and just encapsulate really well and capture what what it is there's one of, i think graham wrote the line it talks about how and when winter rolls in 
the humidity is the only thing obliged to stick around and how it's just this funk and how Mobile is a town. What's the other line? He says, uh, everybody knows, we all know each other, but nobody wants to be here. So that's not, not exactly it. I'm screwing it up. That's... But there's, there's some really great lines musically that, that reflect that sentiment. So it makes me wonder how long that's been going on because I remember when I grew up in Mobile, it was a thing that has started to creep back into my mind now. Like, I have got to get out of here. Yeah, it, it's... There's a... Uh, there's a there's a Postal Service song. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, song about the band, the Postal Service. And uh, one of the lines are, uh, this place is a prison and these people aren't your friends. Oh, that That's a good one. And yeah, because like... Mobile, Mobile seems like... Uh, Mobile seems like kind of like Australia. It's it's a place where everyone is where they don't want to be. <laughs> it's like an old prison colony. Yeah, it's 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 a prison colony. You don't know what you did, but you're there. <laughs> but we're stuck. And there's an ocean between you and everywhere else yeah. that it, it it takes some uh, doing to overcome. But people do do it, and yeah, that's good. Um, like some other comedians um, have like said things. Um, like there was an empty room one time, and they were frustrated. It was it was a it was a bad night, mm-hmm. but they said something like, "Congratulations, you made it in Mobile comedy." And like it, it hurts. I was like, "Am I wasting time doing this?" <laughs> I got over it. I was like, "Now I'm, I'm always getting better," and this is why you can go to other places. Like why, you know, uh, I went on tour and stuff like that. Yes, the tour. It's, it's uh, uh, everything that I feel like I do, that we do, and everyone does here, is just sharpening those spears for whenever mm-hmm. we go out into the jungle of other places. Yeah, I think of it as tools in the tool belt. Yeah, and I, uh, I did some wood shedding tonight, and I, I was so bummed. I was like, "Damn, I wish there were. I wish I were." We're getting up somewhere. I went through and, and retweaked. I've just been really bummed the last couple of times I got up. I didn't have the best game plan. And so it was good for me to talk through a couple of ideas. Yeah. But there was a lot of other time that I wasted while I was focusing on talking through those ideas. And so I went back and did some woodshed tonight. And we like, we're not going to be wasting all that extra time yeah. next week. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's one of the other good things about, like, that period of time where, like, mm-hmm. we were able to do nine mics there wasn't, like, time economy wasn't really a thing. We didn't have to yeah. worry about it. We could do whatever we wanted, and it was going to be fine, because there was a, another mic 30 minutes afterwards. Yeah, Carson was telling me recently the, the the same thing about how they would go and just crash open mics, and mm-hmm. he, he and I were talking about wanting to get together and plot to take over some open mics and turn some open mics into comedy mics. So. I mean, I'm in. Like, I'm, I want to make it happen. I... Any any time I can put together and uh, and throw some stuff out there, I'm down. I've been thinking about uh, recording my sets and trying to figure out some way to to use that for marketing and spreading the word and stuff like that. Have you ever dabbled in anything like like that for your own sake? Or uh, yeah, I've uh, I record sets for like posterity to like mm-hmm. listen to and. Let me for. Distribution. As far as distribution, uh, no, no, there was um, a comedian. And uh, I'm not talking paid distribution. No, don't anybody get me wrong and think I'm expecting somebody to pay to hear my stupid shit. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, we're talking about a Facebook post. <laughs> yeah, like uh, there was um, Andrew Polk. Um, he was a comedian from mm-hmm. New Orleans, now of uh, Los Angeles. Uh, he did that, and it was just <coughs> a 20-minute recording from his phone that he just took on one night of. It wasn't even the last show of the tour. It was just a show that he did. Yeah. And it was like, this is weird enough and unique enough. And he just put it out as like an EP. And I listened to it. It was great. Um, cool. And I, I think that definitely helped him out. What qualified it as weird enough and unique enough? Because it was a show that some things didn't work. Yeah. And he wasn't afraid of that. Like, he didn't automatically go into like a mode of like, well, that didn't work. Let me move on to something else. It was a really great exercise in rolling with the punches. 
I feel mm, like, mm-hmm. and making the best out of it. And some, it it's that turning chicken shit into chicken salad. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's a great exercise of, of, of that. Not that it was bad, but it's just some things didn't land like I imagine he wanted them to. Yeah. But you know what? That phase of me turned chicken shit into chicken salad. That's <laughs> interesting. I'm a firm believer that you can't... Uh, you can't always make things happen, but you can create the right conditions for things to happen. And so I think about that in wanting to record some stuff. Like That's one of the things I was focused on today was writing, putting together these bits. I did two five-minute bits that I can I intend to record and put up on my YouTube channel and then and then spread those around. What are your thoughts on stuff like that? I'm kind of afraid. Okay, it. well then now I'm kind of afraid. No, because <laughs> uh, one night me and Carson were hanging out yeah. and uh, we were just watching YouTube videos or whatever and I remember that like I took a video of like one of my first three sets or something like that. Yeah. So I was like, let's watch this. It'll be fun. And it immediately went from it'll be fun to I hate myself. This oh, is like, like, I moved the uh, mic stand because I knew that you were supposed to like do that. But I just stood like behind the stool, kind of. <laughs> and it was, it was like just, it was like a subliminal like, don't look at my dick thing. <laughs> and I just watched myself and like, Carson didn't hold back and it was I'd hated it oh man so now I'm afraid of doing it and being like it's pretty good I'd, and then like two years rolls around and I look at it and I'm just like find a extension cord to hang myself with <laughs> so you would not be a candidate for uh, for one of my earlier thought projects project thoughts which was uh I'm a big fan of tearing down the fourth wall. I think that's fun. And so bringing people into the process of learning to be a comedian, like I thought about throwing it all out there. But then I got all paranoid about copyright and material and shit like that. And then I have come to realize nobody gives a fuck about stealing my jokes. And so I'm a little more loose about it now. But yeah, I thought about all that. I don't I don't know if it would be good or bad or... Well, I think it's good or bad. Good or bad, like it's a good thing. It's a good thing to do. Like mm-hmm. it's a, uh, it's a little bit for me anyway. It's a little bit s- scary. Yeah. But it's something good to do because it can only, it can only make you better. Like yeah. if, for whatever reason, if it is really bad or whatever, uh, you know, I put it out there. Someone says some mean shit or something. They said a mean comment, and maybe it's a little bit constructive, and I have something, and they're an asshole, and I know not to talk to them. Yeah. Like, really, like it's it's, it could hurt, but it, it's 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 gonna make you stronger. I feel like. I'm not so worried about the the hurt these days. I quit giving a fuck a long time ago. That's another bit that I'm working on. <laughs> uh, is is how to talk about, you know, not giving a fuck. Of course, I still give a shit about a lot of things. Well, yeah. But, um, it's one of the reasons that, and and this was part of one of the bits I was working on today is how to explain what it is to, to wear a piece of clothing that generates so much attention on a regular basis. Yeah. Because it's not often, but you do get, you do get people that want to give, give me a hard time for it. And so it, it takes a little bit of gumption to have to. To walk in somewhere that's that I've never been before. Yeah. Like, okay, so there was the the one time it got really weird. I went to this place, uh, uh, local bar that is a little not my style. We're talking like big hats, okay, cowboy boots. I feel you. My but- first time rolling in here, and the only people I know are the musicians that are on stage playing music. And I just am like, you know what? I'm tired. This doesn't feel like I'm gonna. It's just not worth it. I don't need. I don't want to. And so that in that instant, my inner bitch took over, and I was like, I just don't feel like doing this. <laughs> but a lot of times, it's, there's that whole overcoming thing, and so that was part of the how do you overcome difficult situations? And so I'm not as much concerned about the criticism as much as I am interested in how how does one go about promoting and sharing comedy without giving away 
all the milk. Without, you know? okay, without giving away all the milk. Yeah, and it, <clears throat> I think the fascinated by that. What you have to do is give them a different kind of milk. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the, you have to make it appealing in a way that you know you don't have to give out any of your stuff, but you have to give them a taste. Obviously, right? You have to you have to let them know that it's gonna be a comedy show and not a reading of Hamlet. <laughs> uh, but there's certain funny ways to do marketing, but I, I don't think it's necessarily because everyone's the vast majority of us are funny. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's it's not about being funny; it's about touching people. Mm-hmm. Uh, just so that because there have been plenty of times where like I get people who are like, "Yeah, this was great. I didn't know this happened." <laughs> and it's like. What do we need to do? And I think that the answer is uh, no one looks at Facebook stuff. It's it's spam by all accounts. Uh, It's not an accurate metric of people who are interested in what you're doing. Um, TV and, like, traditional TV and radio. I don't know who does that, who's under the age 50. Um, I think it's something more getting out and talking to people and expanding doing shows in places where we don't usually do shows. Um, ex- expanding from beyond the usual confines of what we are to get just new passerbys. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> like like these folks. Um, right? We should talk to them. <laughs> you guys come to the show? I don't think yeah, she, she, the show. she gave me a dirty look. She wasn't happy. I, she, she wasn't happy. She was carrying alcoholic drink into that. I'll fire her. I'll do it. <laughs> I don't give a shit. I'll fight her if she we loses. Were, we were just talking about touching people. <laughs> and now we're talking about touching people. The best <laughs> That's the thing. Like, I'm not uh, I'm not really good at uh, talking to people. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm just... I always prefer to just, like, kind of sit on the outskirts and listen and, like, mm-hmm. catch in on things. Because uh, that's just how, I always, how I've always been. So the act of getting out and talking to people and everything like that like booking shows is kind of a nightmare like yeah. I gotta be like I always feel like a child presumably like hey mister <laughs> can I can I have some candy please yeah I know that feeling so I, don't I know. know that feeling so you you mentioned that that comedy is is reaching out and touching people I see it as getting in some being allowed to take over and drive somebody's consciousness and you know, steal their attention line by line and say, pay attention to this, pay attention to this, pay attention to this. And other people have put it a myriad of other ways, but what does it really feel like for you or how do you describe the, the, you know, the feedback loop that is being on stage? You know, I mean, how I present it or how I think about it rather, um, I guess I'd, like, drive them through. But, like, I feel like... Because the way I usually set up my sets, mm-hmm. or the way that I imagine I'm going to set up my sets, there's kind of a narrative to it. At least in my head, there is. Like, there's, yeah, yeah. there's a <clears throat> there's a line of progress that things go down. Like, I'll go from um, talking about NASCAR to how I don't like NASCAR because I played a lot of games as a kid. I'll have a joke about games and stuff like that. So I always feel like whenever uh, I do a show, at least if it's something that I've put together and it's not just a open mic that I'm, that I'm doing, um, I'm kind of... Pre- it's almost like I'm pitching a film or something like that or uh, doing an odd story that's just like... A pitch of a short film, I think, is the best way that I can put it. That makes sense. Like, I'm uh, putting them a certain series of scenes that I've either uh, observed or, like, seen myself in and gauging what they think about that. Sometimes uh, it's a feeling of relation. Sometimes sometimes I'm the bad guy. Yeah, like, that's, that's, that's okay. I'm not always the good guy in my jokes. It doesn't have to be that way. I'm still learning to do that. <laughs> I'm not there yet. I don't know. Like, it's, it's kind of like, um, uh, how do you feel about professional wrestling? 
love professional Jake Snake Roberts. It's kind of like being a heel. Like you know, yeah. you kind of you kind of play it up a little bit, mm-hmm. and to a certain degree, it's fun. You can't do it too much because um, you know you don't have someone else to counteract that. So you can't do it too too much, but you can do it enough to where it's. Uh, where it's charming. Well, and that's a good analogy because every, you know, in something like wrestling, it's con- it's contrived to the extent that how much can you contrive two people running around in a ring without it being ballet, right? You know, or choreographed dance, and so there. I think that is a good analogy in, in that you see so many similarities. It's such a good analogy yeah. that it's tagline, tagline, tagline. It's not necessarily what you do in the middle, but you've got to hit these highlights. And yeah. so you're scripting you, out you have your spots. bigger picture. That's Maybe that's what I need to... I mean, I think that... Because people always group um, comedy and music together just because they you know, run in the same circles. Yeah, generally. yeah, I think two sides of the same coin. But I, I feel like as far as uh, a comparison of what they are, yeah, I think comedy and pro wrestling are really married in a lot of ways. Just in... There's something kind of carny about the whole thing uh, to, a, to a certain degree, I feel like. Um... It's all about weird, like promotion, everything like that, like getting people. In yeah, the, the, the door. concept of the spectacle, right? Yeah, yeah, that's the that's the thing. You know, wrestlers go out and take physical risks. Comedians probably take like more emotional risks. Yeah. Than, than than anything, but it's still a risk. But the suicide rate seems to be about the same. I mean, I will say comedians <laughs> Too soon? way mm. less concussions. <laughs> way less concussions. It's very true. Uh, that's very Drug true. and alcohol problems about on the same level, I think. I, I, I feel like. But that that's an artist thing uh, that seems to just go with the territory. I think the the tortured artist. But I was thinking about this earlier today. We none of us are fucking happy, you know. No. As as a culture, there are there are tribes of people that want to resolve it. In the same way, drinkers, smokers, angry, whatever, mm-hmm. soccer players. There are all these different groups that you can join to get away from reality. Right. But so few people celebrate their daily reality. Like a major part of what seems to be our culture nowadays is the escapism from the routine and the fluorescent lights. Right. I don't know where I was going with that, but I've I've been thinking about that. I mean, to a certain degree, like, and this and this and this might sound weird. Um, no, go for it. I like weird. I think it's a, <clears throat> I think it's a good thing to not be happy. Yeah. Like I yeah. I, 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 think I think there's science certain, supports you in. That, yeah. Like there, there there's a, <clears throat> I do my best things like whenever I'm angry about about if I'm do if I'm doing something out of spite. I, I I will knock it out of the park. <laughs> now, why is that? I don't know what it is. Like, is I, it a focus thing? Yeah, it's 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 a it's a. Someone said this thing about me, or someone thinks this thing about me. Fuck them! I'm going to show them. Mm. For me personally, it doesn't work like that for 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 everyone. But like, not being happy, I feel like if if you're happy, and this might say more about how I see things, um, and how un- maybe unhealthy it is if you're happy then like you don't there's no drive to make things better because things are already great yeah <clears throat> get static that's stagnant yeah like uh I could be happy about certain things in my life like I'm happy about my daughter I'm happy about my friends everything like that mm-hmm. but I think if I'm <laughs> I feel like if I'm if I'm 100% happy then like I've given up because <laughs> there's always going to be something out there. Yeah, and science supports that. Science uh, says that we are... Uh, it's the want of the future thing. It's delayed gratification is the thing that we're really good at. I'm going to press a button. Push button, push button. 
See how good I am at pushing buttons? So good at pushing so, buttons. So delayed gratification is is the the thing. Like we get more excited about what's coming, and then, you know when they hook the mice up to to all the little little things that make their their lights go off. Uh, that's what they get excited about. Um, and people get more excited about thinking about doing coke than they do about doing coke. Yeah. And like the next one, and the next one, and the next one, and so like <laughs> all like even some of the world's best drugs are just a shortcut to get your brain to do what it's going to do anyway. Yeah, just on to the next thing, on to the next thing. And I forget where I was going with that, but it's I totally forgot where I was going with that. I guess like how do you how do you feel about it? like what, what's your what, because I feel like with how I described it, I think it it looks at happiness as being like almost almost a weakness. But like, what do you think about it? I don't think it's a weakness as much as it's uh, unable to share this Facebook page, which <laughs> makes me angry. <laughs> which is not happiness. Um, oh, see, it dropped the internet connection. Oh. So. Oh. So whatever. Um, See this on Facebook? Share it for me, because I can't, and I'm done trying. Um, I think, I think happiness does have a lot to do with delayed gratification. I, I think getting that, um, being happy about potential is almost as important as being happy in the moment, and that goes back to some big philosoph- philosophical stuff. Like, should we be happy in the moment? Should we live for the now? Should we live for some version of the the future? I think it all comes down to balance and uh, and both that that's the, the the trick and so happiness a great deal of happiness is fleeting and the briefness the brevity of happiness I think has to be weighed very carefully uh, against the discomfort one goes through right. to get to that happiness. And that's one of the things that I think is so great about getting up on stage. It's terrifying to yeah. get up there and, and think that a joke might not land. And yeah. so when it does, it's so rewarding. Or like, like I'll go up there and be like, I know I'm going to say the word retard in this joke. <laughs> I don't know how this group of people feels about that, but I'm going to give it to them anyway. Right. We're gonna see where this goes. Is there's something thrilling about that? Yeah, uh, and it just it just it just feels good. Having a secret. Yeah, like yeah, yeah that's exactly what it is. Like I have a secret. None of these people know it, but they're about to know it. <laughs> Kaboom! <laughs> well, drop it on. That's fun. That's so much it's like, fun. It's like coming out of the closet to to your parents every night. <laughs> just that look. You just get to to. Be very, very patient. I, I, I know about that look. It's fun. It's part of wearing the kilt every day. People get caught off guard, and I get to see that look from time to time. Yeah. Just the double take. Like, oh yeah. How do you? Because like, I'm an idiot. Yeah. I assume that you just had like one kilt. <laughs> How many kilts do you have? A lot. Okay. All right. Like, yeah, like a... over thirteen that I wear on a regular. Basis. Okay. All right. And um, several novelty kilts, like uh, heavy cotton ones and all kinds of crazy stuff. That makes sense to have utility. Mm-hmm. Like, I am I have, like, three pairs of pants that I wear. And mm-hmm. so I, I didn't know if it was the same thing or... or, or they what. just, they last longer. So I've been collecting them for six years. And uh, they, they last a, a really long time. They're really durable. And... It's all I wear now. So instead of jeans, you know, I was spending 100 bucks on a pair of jeans when I was yeah. wearing Lucky Brand. <laughs> And uh, and so these are just way more comfortable. Actually, and that's one of the reasons I was getting was talking about the marketing thing is because the kilt is something that when I first came to comedy, I didn't want to address. It was like, okay, I'm going to get up on stage and I'm just not going to talk about the fact that I'm wearing a kilt because that's how I go about my daily yeah. life. And now, because I've told those stories so much, and because that's such my story, you're, you're not going to steal the joke. I'm not worried about the copyright <laughs> material. That I kind of am thinking that's going to be that first five minutes of, so here's me telling stories that you probably know in a funny way already. Yeah. And hoping that that could be something to uh, not give away the whole kit and caboodle, but say, here's some jokes with some punchlines, like you're a, t- a taster of, of the bigger thing. 
Because um, it is it is fucking hilarious watching people do that double take, man. <laughs> They're just doing some calculations oh, in yeah. their head. Oh, well, yeah. Watching people trying to figure out, like, what is going on there? <laughs> I enjoy it. What's I enjoy the story it. behind this clothing article? Well, it's, and it's my two-cent way of controlling people's minds. I, that, I always wanted that to be my superpower. Okay. What did you want your superpower to be? Ooh, I think I would want my superpower to be teleportation. I like teleportation. That's a good one. Because then... I could book a show in New York and just be there. I'm just be there. <laughs> it's like a. I always wish that we had a train, like a, a train system. Yeah. Here, just because like, yeah, you, know, you hear about like people in New Jersey, like, oh yeah, I get on a train for thirty minutes. I'm in New York, and they're like, I just, bastards! I have to drive an hour to go to Pensacola. That's not yeah, fair. That's fucking horrible. If I could just get on a train for twenty minutes, that'd be way better. Plus, you know the whole public transit thing and you know well and now with the boring company and elon musk and the hyperloop mm-hmm. we'll be able to get from pensacola to new orleans in 45 minutes God, that's, that's like a half hour that's more time to be in new orleans hell yeah spend money in new orleans like it's it's you know that's or wherever you're at there's no reason people wouldn't like this no not at all and i think it scales up too i was listening to michio kaku talk about how the, maybe the future of of travel is uh, just downloading your consciousness in other avatars, and like I've seen that shit in movies and I've heard it talked about, but to hear someone like Michio Kaku, a reputable physicist, talking about that being a possibility one day, that's some cool stuff because that is teleportation just without yeah. the messy wetware. Like essentially, <laughs> like that's how. Um... Isn't that, at least as far as the war goes, isn't that how uh, the uh, t- uh, teleportation in Star Trek was, like, addressed? Like, it, it's taking your conscious and putting it in a different copy of exact molecules somewhere else? I don't know enough about their teleportation uh, and, systems. And that... that that may not be canon. I may have just read that somewhere. The only one I can think of is the one where they uh, where they have to kill that dude over and over and over again. What was that? Uh, the Prestige. Oh, okay. Where they kill Wolverine over and over and over again because I, he teleports and then he makes a copy. And that was a very dark sequel to yeah. Groundhog Day. That's... The Prestige. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and oh, oh, by the way, spoiler alert uh, for those of you playing along at home. Uh, but fuck off, it's decades old. Also, uh, they stab Caesar in mm. the end. Mm-hmm. <laughs> two brute. At two booty. Boote! <laughs> Give me that broody booty. Uh, booty booty. <laughs> the, um... Mm. Hey, so what do you think about, like, um... What's your favorite Shakespeare play? Hamlet. Hamlet? Okay. Yeah, just because I'm, I am definitely that, uh, that, mm. <laughs> to be or not to be, whether tis noble to suffer the slings and arrows of outrageous fortune, or take up arms against a sea of trouble, whether tis noble to oppose and end them, and yeah, I used to be able to, <laughs> once upon a time, you know, I like Hamlet, the, the whole, uh, Hamlet syndrome of indecisiveness and, um, just sad bastard. Yeah. I did that for a long time. Like, that was definitely me. Yeah, that's the, like, that's, that's one of the weird, because, like, I was thinking about this, um, the other day, because, um, like, I was talking to, uh, 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 a black comedian. Mm-hmm. And, like, we're all doing the same thing, but, like, working white rooms and working black rooms are different experiences. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, as far as, like, white comedians, especially white dude comedians, um, the archetype of the sad bearded man is pretty constant. Like, sometimes, like, I used to do a bunch of jokes about, like, being sad and stuff like that, but, like, I noticed that, and I was like, well, maybe, the, you know, the, this 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 character is, are, is already there. Uh, hmm. And... Never thought about that. Yeah, the, like, the... the Sad, be- the sad bearded comedian is just something that <coughs> I've seen a lot of, and 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 I've been. 
Is that like a Stephen Wright thing? I don't know. Where I mean, does that come from? Uh, I wonder. Whatever, whatever I first heard about the archetype of it, um, it was with a uh, interview with Kyle Kinane. Mm-hmm. And he was talking about how uh, he was doing these jokes and they weren't really working. And he wondered why. And he looked around uh, Chicago or whatever. And he was like, oh, because like I have the same perspective as, as everyone else. Like, we're all here with our you know, lazy beards and mm. flannel and like we're and we're just sad. <laughs> and so maybe I should try something else. So Oh, so plus I mean I don't know. If I'm sad, I feel like I can uh express it in a lot of different ways. Hmm. I think that goes back to like we were saying earlier with escapism, you know, I think everybody these days, we have separated ourselves so far from, from what it is that we're supposed to be doing, which is being happy and having a good time mm-hmm. that people are just fucking miserable all the time. Yeah. Absolutely all the time. I'd say, yeah, I mean, um, at the, at the, at the very least, I feel like with me anyway, uh, I know that I'm not grateful for mm-hmm. just the miracle of being alive on some spinning rock that just happens to be the right space away, but not too far away, mm. and everything like that. Like, just the fact that, like, uh, you know, my dad was able to come one night, <laughs> and like, the I simplicity got, of it. I got here. Like, what a what a fucking roll of the dice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the probability, the likelihood that anyone exists genetically is something like one in four billion. Yeah, and like the the miracle of the ecosystem inside of my body <sighs> that is taking place. Like there's, my body is a planet, yeah. essentially, for like a whole set of bacteria and cells mm-hmm. and everything like that. The microbiome. Yeah, ex- like. I think what happens, I think that's what happens when you eat mushrooms. Russell and I talk about this, and uh, I talk, I say this shit all the time, but I think it's because of stuff that is so complex like that, that when we think we're having this conscious altered experience, what we're really doing is just tapping in to this universality that we already are. Okay, yeah. And and so when people come back and say, well, I feel connected, you're like, eh, you're always connected. <laughs> you're just paying attention to being connected now. Yeah, you're just, That's what the mushrooms do. You're just picking up the phone. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Because it is fucking amazing. Like, this meat suit, like you were saying, is uh, extra fucking ordinary. Yeah, it's a, it's a fantastic machine... Like, the fact that my heart knows what to do is ridiculous. <laughs> like, I have I have phones that are not as dependable as, as this. Right? <laughs> yeah. It's, it's unbelievable. It's and, unbelievable. And you know why? Because some kind of magic with this. And I don't... I don't think it's that magical, though. I think uh, there's a lot of ancient wisdom that that goes a long way to explaining it. And I think it's funny that most of the technology that we're building seems to just be a shortcut to things that already occur in nature. Like, we just want everything to be faster, and we want everything to be easier. And I was thinking the other day about how, as convenient as life is, really all we've done is create longer lines to wait to die. Okay. Yeah. Like, in some weird way, that's a lot of what we're doing. Like, what do you feel was, like, the the last great uh, achievement as far as as far as what people did from, like, a technological basis, I guess? Uh, I'm going to have to go with the Falcon, what, Falcon 2 Heavy. Oh, okay. All right. Falcon Tesla. Like, that's, that's an incredible thing for one dude, one dude made enough money to replicate the spending and the efforts of a government agency over the last four decades and did better than they did. 
and outspent them and the whole nine yards. That's a that's a whole new era in humanity. It is. And it's also uh what if he wasn't a good guy? Like, oh, he doesn't have to be, and he probably he, he won't always be. I, that's another thing. I think uh, we're to a time now where people, uh, nobody is going to deserve more than 15 minutes of fame. Because yeah. after 15 minutes, the skeletons just start falling out of the closet. <laughs> like, like, like save was, us, save us all, please. There was, um, do you remember when all the net neutrality stuff was like going mm-hmm. down, like with 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 uh, SOPA, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and you know all these. People like Google and Facebook and everything like that were like saying like net neutrality, like we're with you, which is great. Mm-hmm. But like, what happens wherever they're not with us on something? Yeah, like that display of power, while good for the short term, it sets a very frightening precedence. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, 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 I'm, I'm just me. I don't know what to do about it. <laughs> I think all these, there are all these problems in the world and things going on to a certain degree I can only control so much so I try not to get angry about things that I can't do anything about yeah that's understandable cops yeah I try not to get angry about stuff that I can't that I can't control but I struggle I struggle with not getting angry uh with some people, but I'm not going to talk about them because it's not what see this. Is, and this is what I struggle with. My brain goes off on a tangent and just wants to focus in on, on that one thing yeah. instead of just relaxing and being like, ah, it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. Man, sitting down here in this depression sounds really cool with the way it echoes off the walls. I hope that comes through on the recording. It is, it is very that's, nice. That's awesome. <laughs> In this in this depression. In this depression. Ah, <laughs> oh, that's a triple pun today. Oh, man. Ba-doom. Get them. Damn. <laughs> God damn. Oh. <sighs> I've, always, I've always wanted to come here mm-hmm. to uh, the place where we're at right now. You can tell everybody. It's okay. We're hanging out at the back porch <laughs> because on, fr- on Friday nights... We do comedy at the back porch. Bill Goodman is on the bill. If you're on, if you're one of those one people, hey, look at you. Here, then uh, if you're in Pensacola, come hang out with us at the back porch. There's a great comedy show. Do you remember the headliner's name? I should remember her name, and I don't. Mary Devon. I hope so. Devon Mary. I believe she's from New Orleans. Heck yeah, man. Yes, 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 yes. From Nola. Yes, New Orleans. Indeed, indeed. So, appropriate plugs, all that good stuff. Uh, whatever comedy mobile. Yeah. You got any plugs you want to throw out there? Since I got distracted, we'll do the plug thing and then we'll come back to it. I see people showing up though. Should we? What time? What time is it? And I want to hear about Twitter sitters. Okay. I haven't gotten to tune in lately. What What have y'all been up to? Oh, uh, we kind of taking a taking a break because I started a weird schedule oh, with right, the day job right. and Ryan Adams. Um, the Mardi Gras season is particularly rough on him with what he does. Oh, yeah. So we took a little bit of a break. Uh, we're going to be jumping on it soon because... Uh, that's awesome. Because we bought a domain name and we have to. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Um, but, uh, but yeah, yeah, uh, Twitter sitters, uh, always fun to, you know, it's on, it's on your podcast or place, mm-hmm. wherever, wherever you, you do that at. Um, yeah, I'm working on, uh, a website for comedy or whatever stuff. Because I've started doing web design stuff recently. Um, cool. I think, um, you know, just go support some kind of local art. Just do something. Yes, support real people. Yeah. Support real people. My friend and I were talking today about how uh, politics and, not really politics, but law and the way that states are set up and everything and how uh, we have to figure out how to redress this whole individual sovereignty and this fallacy that people can actually own shit. Okay, yeah. Like, the cap- the, this version of capitalism, I think we've about <laughs> worn the fuck out of. I think a, a lot of people are uh, increasingly frustrated. Yeah. Do you spend a lot of time pondering those kind of things? Uh, I... W- whenever I was 16, for my 16th birthday, mm-hmm. um, my mom, bless her heart, 
she uh, got me, she asked what I wanted, and I said books. Mm. And I gave her a list of books. And uh, my dear sweet mom walked into a Books A Million and bought uh, like seven books. And it was like uh, The Old Man in the Sea, Dracula, The Quran, mm -hmm. The Communist Manifesto. Good for, she was, she didn't have to do that, but she <laughs> did. Um, I sort of, like, I think that a lot of things are based on, like, class struggles. Yep, yep. Um, I think that a lot of conflict that you see is a cover for class struggles. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think that it's always been an issue of, of, of that. There's an old parable, um, that there's a, uh, there's a businessman, a white man, and a black man around a fire, and they all, they have a pack of cookies, and the businessman takes almost all the cookies except for one, and he gives it to the white man. He says, "Hey, you better be careful, or he's gonna get your cookie." Whenever he has all the cookies, mm -hmm. and I think that that prop is something that keeps people in a version of indentured servitude, mm -hmm. more or less. Mm -hmm. And, and it's just, uh, it's terrible for everybody, except for the people who instigate that system. Um, yeah, burn all the fuck down. Oh, <laughs> good. I'm right there with you. <laughs> I, um, yeah, from a government standpoint, fire them all, rewrite the Constitution. And we need That's... to start looking at it from a cultural level. Like, we've got to get all the way down to the people can't be running around being afraid of all this this top-down hegemony bullshit that's it's crazy that's the weird the constitution is over like 200 years old right how in the world can that the moderate a common how like, old like your phone world right exactly. how out of date was your phone yesterday like 200 year old document Are who's making the rules like it there's <laughs> no logical reason like no one goes by the <coughs> Articles of Confederation or the no. Code of Hammurabi anymore. No, not a, and the people who quote it misrepresent it so much, and they misrepresent the context that it comes out of, and I, I'm just not a fan. Like I've studied enough history to know who those people were, and they were not good people. Yeah, they were not. I'm like, sorry. Like you were... can't be a Bible thumping asshole and then a slave owner at the same time. Yeah, and not call yourself a hypocrite. And I don't care if I'm throwing stones a hundred years back in history. There was there was some known hypocrisy going on, and it was bullshit. Not even that, but like bullshit. Even if they were like of the most progressive minds of their time, um, they were still fucking using leeches to cure sickness. Like they, yeah, by today's standards, they're dumb. Like yeah. No other way to look at it. Right. They tried real hard. Yeah. Bless their hearts. They did great for them. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's like, um, it's like if you compare LeBron James to um, Pistol Pete or like a basketball player from yeah. the 70s. It's a Goose different. Goose Tatum. Good fucking luck. <laughs> it's a different game. Yeah. Uh, and things LeBron will never be better than Goose Tatum. I don't know. I named the one basketball player I know. I <laughs> I should have chosen something else, but I went all in on the basketball thing. That's ah, okay. Yeah. Goose Tatum was like the original Harlem Globetrotter dude. Oh, okay. He was like a he was a real monster. It's a real monster. Jesus. Like in a in a badass basketball player way, not in a yeah. I don't think he was like murder people kind of <laughs> monster way. Well, that was before you could find out about it. I know. The collective consciousness, though, the Akashic records. I um I study a lot of old school history like that. Do you ever get into the the Enuma Elish Sumerian tablets and all that kind of crazy history? Um not the most that um I really dig in as far as history is um some American history items. Mm -hmm. Uh specifically like weird uh, figures as far as it goes. Mm -hmm. Like um um there's a wonderful series that I listen to. Uh I think it's like 12 hours long and it's just about um the culture and everything surrounding the development of the atomic bomb hmm. and all the conflicting uh egos and thought processes in that mm -hmm. um i love reading about people have this weird thing with like serial killers uh i really like reading about con men uh something about the character of a con man mm -hmm. is 
so charming. I think it's because yeah. I'm a, I'm what they would call a sucker. Uh, <laughs> I was gonna say I got some oceanfront <laughs> property. I <can. laughs> but uh, <coughs> yeah, I like, I like, I like that. Like, like there's this one story of a, uh, I think it was called, uh, the Yellow Kid, and he went to this to this um, this uh, financier, and he was like. Hey, well, I'm willing to make a deal with you, but like, give me like eight days to get eight thousand dollars. And the guy was like, "Hey, you're gonna get eight thousand dollars in eight days." And they're like, "Well, I have this thing going on with my uncle. Like, we're gonna fence this property more or less. Like, they don't want to sell it to him, so we're gonna find some third guy, sell it to him for like, you know, thirty thousand dollars, and then he's gonna sell it for five hundred thousand or whatever it's worth that we all split it, so that we can actually sell it." And the dude jumped on. He's like, "I'll do it. I'll sell it. I'll be your third man." And so they were, he was like, all right, fine. Like, they had a conversation about it. They go to uh, Chicago to uh, conduct a deal with the financiers. And the guys brought uh, a boxer that he's training with them. Yellow the kid. The, mm -hmm. the yellow kid has brought a boxer that he's mm -hmm. training. And um, they go and they meet with the uh, financiers. And they eventually agree to do the deal the next day. And uh, they start seeing the boxer doing shadow boxing over there. And he's like, who's that? They have a boxer. Because boxing was big back then. And so they uh, get into a discussion over who would win. And they finally agree to have a match the next day before they sign the deal. Mm -hmm. They bet $30,000. And they're like, hey, can you put this up? We have like like 10000 but we need more. Can you put it up there for us to the, to the third man? And he's like, yeah, sure. So like... He does, and they arrange for the other boxer to take a payoff um, to throw the fight, essentially. So they go, and, like, everything's going great. Then the other boxer fucking smashes the other dude, kills him. The, uh, the big fly, the original boxer, kills him. Everyone freaks out. They bolt. Then he gets up. He takes the little rooster blood tablet out of his mouth or whatever, the financiers all come back in, and it's, it was like a scam on top of a scam on top of a scam, mm -hmm. and it was just lovely. <laughs> Inception for assholes. <laughs> oh. I know what you mean, though. It, uh, the, the con man is fascinating. I think it's something about being fascinated by um, everyone's ability to lie and this innate ability that we have to spot a lie. And spot a liar, um, or, and that's been refined in a lot of ways, and you can get real in depth about it. But there's something about we all have this ability, and and the people who want to turn life into that kind of chess game, where it's just see who can screw whoever last. That's the world that we've gotten into. I think that bugs me so fucking bad that I wish you could just. It's so hard to cut to the truth. Of any given thing. It drives me fucking nuts. It drives me nuts. But the long con is my favorite. It's like, it's like, um, it's like, it's like solving a murder mystery, but it was you that got murdered. Like, it's. <laughs> Good luck, fucker. It's like, oh, I just figured this out. Oh, no. Yeah, oh, no, I'm Dexter and I killed myself. <laughs> or. or yeah, oh man. His sister would be so disappointed in he, him. He should have. I never saw the last couple of seasons. I heard it's coming back. I don't know if you're into Dexter at all. But... Dude, don't. I did, I did it to myself. I watched it. I knew. I, I, I wasn't going to. I did it to myself. I. Dexter is one of the. Like, whenever you see a plane and you see it and it, it looks majestic. But you can tell something bad is going to happen, and it's not always going to be that way. That's what Dexter was, and I don't want—I don't want him to bring it back. I want—I want everything with Dexter to stop. <laughs> it was inevitable. I mean, it didn't have to be. It didn't have to come crashing down. It didn't have to get the. Like, plus, there's no need to bring everything back. Well, it, but isn't that the case for every story, though? Like, it doesn't matter how fantastical the story is. On a long enough timeline, some zero. Like, everything sucks. 
Yeah, but like, you know, amuse, like try to like try. But that's not funny. Like don't <laughs> right? just like, tr- like try to woo me with it or something. Like, yeah, it, it, sell me on it. It's okay. Like every story's been told or whatever. True. But j- just try to, you know, try to hook me. Don't just be like, yeah, this is a. Uh, this is author's round table, but with a dude on a bike. <laughs> like, don't... <laughs> but with a dude on a bike. <laughs> Man, that sounds like the next podcast. Dude on a bike? With a dude on a bike. Yeah, with a dude on a bike. Podcast, with a dude on a bike. <laughs> or just podcast and a dude on a bike. <laughs> He's always on a bike. Uh, he's working on a gold bond sponsorship. He's gonna, he's gonna have some great quads. I'll tell you that right now. Mm-hmm. Oh man. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Goodness gracious. There's so many, so many other things. Uh, the, the Sumerian tablets, though. Getting back into history. Do you, um, you study Egyptian history at all? Like, what uh, do you think about the pyramids? Are they tombs or not? I. Dabbled in learning stuff about uh, Egyptian mythology, yeah. but that's uh, about it. As I would assume that they're that they're tombs, b- mm-hmm. but uh, they could not be. Uh, I haven't been there. I've been Me able either. to take a. I'm not convinced that they're even fucking real. You know, <laughs> they're inflated. <laughs> some bullshit. I, mean, I saw I, it in Transformers. I mean, I ain't seen it, so I ain't seen it. What you gonna do? Mmm. So much of the world. <laughs> I mean, to be honest, like everything, everything before like the invention of the printing press, all that could be made up. I don't know. <laughs> it's so hard to go do the research now, and so many people rely on so much bad science, and it's so hard to get to the truth, man. Oh, yeah. Like we were saying, layers, you know, scam on top of scam on top of scam. That's why I go back to burning it all fucking down, like you said. All you, all you have to do is just, uh, say something with the authority that it's right, and that's all. That's all it takes. Yeah. It's like a. You have a bit where you say a word, and it's not a real word. Real word, and no one knows that until like you declare they believe it's a real word. <laughs> I do that. I do that with uh. I, I tried that. I know what you mean. The experiment worked. <laughs> I was shocked. I'm shocked. I'm trying to think if there's anything that I meant to ask you that I haven't already. Uh, since it's got to be getting close to about time because we started a few minutes after seven. Yeah. Yeah. And it's. What have we been at? This is an hour. Oh, fuck yeah, man. It flies. Good company. Oh, man. Good company. Uh, and headlights, man. Keep those headlights coming. Uh, I guess, uh... Just don't... You can park there. Just don't hit me. Uh, my favorite pizza topping is mushrooms. I guess. Yeah, I guess. Really? <laughs> yeah. The psychedelic kind? I just like mushrooms. It doesn't matter. I mean, yeah. I, I, mean, I, mean I mean, I'll take them. I <laughs> have gotten into mushrooms a lot lately. Not just the psychedelic kind. Because they are good at staving off and preventing Alzheimer's and dementia. Really? Yes. They have, there are a couple of different kinds of mushrooms that have been found to regrow and aid in the regrowth of neurological material. That's pretty cool. Yeah, Dr. Paul Stamets is the guy, if anybody wants to look into it. I talk about him all the time. Uh, he holds a couple of patents on some really interesting fungi stuff. Fungi.com. Uh, that's where I'm looking at getting my supplements from for they're called nootropics uh, but he's put together a couple of different formulas that and that ties into the gut biome that they're really good for you for your gut biome your gut biome helps break down and prevent the plaque that ends up contributing to dementia and Alzheimer's uh, as it builds up in your brain so that, 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 smart that people doing good, good things that right makes- also, fun, hope. funguy.com sounds like a dude who just loves to party. Like, yeah, he, uh, <laughs> it's a professional I, partier. If you if you want to hear the professional party story, uh, he he tells it. I think he was on Rogan's podcast. Um, 
where he talks about uh, the first time he did mushrooms, he, he accidentally ate something like 20 grams of dried mushrooms. How did he accidentally? Well, he didn't know what the dosage was oh, supposed okay. to be, and so okay. he had a bag of mushrooms, and he didn't know how much he was supposed to eat, and so he ate the whole bag. Oh, and it okay. was like It was you know, an ounce or something ridiculous like that, and uh, or half an ounce. And he ends up in the top of a tree in a fucking thunderstorm, and it's a hysterical story. Like, you want to talk about a come-to-Jesus meeting. Jesus. Believe in Jesus or not, uh, your version... He met he met at the top of a tree. You're gonna come to, come to something. Yeah. <laughs> so Paul Stamets, that's a, that's a good fun guy, dude. <laughs> but that gets into field theory. Like I don't know how much you study fungi and the way mycelium and the microbiome underground is laid out. But I feel like we're moving away from in physics all this point theory stuff, field theory, everything, just anything and everything. It seems like consciousness is the field. Uh, mushrooms communicate via field. They feed trees. It's really fascinating. If it if it if it gets mushrooms in my pasta, I'm I'm fuck yeah. A, a okay with it. Thought you were gonna say aioli with it. I'm a aioli. 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 What up? My old friend aioli. <laughs> <laughs> Aoli sounds like how you say hi to a dude named Lee in Alabama. Hey, Oli. Oli, 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 Oli. That's my favorite Bouncing Souls song. Man. I kind of want to just do commentary on all these people who keep rolling in, but their people starting to show up. It's making me nervous. And I really got to pee, so... I've... I've had to ship for a long time. Well, I'm glad. <laughs> I'm glad you kept it on your side of the car. I mean, I've, you know. Uh, In that case, let's just stay here a while. I didn't know you were uncomfortable. We should definitely prolong this. Thing. <laughs> <laughs> I, I prefer to be. I prefer to be on edge. On <laughs> edge, constantly, constantly. All right. Well, bye YouTube. Bye Facebook Live. Thanks for joining us, and. For all of you in podcast land, until next time, and thank you, Bill Goodman, for joining us. Oh, thank you. It was pleasure. a pleasure being here. Until next time, truth, love, and peace. <laughs>